Welcome to Ampersand Enigma with me, your host, Rainbow Black. Yes, guys, it's another episode and so much is going on. I mean, I can't believe I was at work a few weeks ago, tapping away on my computer, rushing between clients and thinking I've got to write my next report and fit and fit lunch in. And then I went from being really busy at work to just being at home. My last day at work was on the 13th of March. So I've actually been in quarantine for 18 days. I can't believe it. And um, I don't think I'm struggling with self-isolation, actually, because I'm used to working from home part-time. And um, when I'm at home, I don't really go out that much. Um used to do a lot of raving you kind of grow it out you've got other priorities other commitments so i'm not finding the quarantine part hard but the bit i think i'm struggling with is not being able to go out you know what this is the first time i've heard an airplane or a helicopter flying over my house it's... i don't even know is it an airplane it could be a motorbike or something but it's it's become very um quiet eerily so the streets are still because we are on lockdown in the uk okay um so life is not the same you can't just go to the supermarket and pick something up you've always got a queue for it and that can be quite off-putting um and plus you don't want to be too close to people so a lot a lot has changed work-wise my whole Work vibe has changed. Spend a lot of time on the phone, taking phone calls, making phone calls, doing conferences online. Never use Skype so much in my life. Um, most people in our field, we hate um doing conference calls. That has become really key now. Um, using Skype and just staying in touch with each other and having team meetings and trying to manage our vulnerable clients to make sure that they're adequately supported. You know, um, because I work in um, the domestic violence field. So to check on our men, but also check on their partners and just make sure they've got the right tools to deal with this kind of situation because it can be quite testing. It can affect your mental health, your mood, just in general how you feel, you know, being quite restricted, being cut off on family, friends, partners, children, your your routine, you may have lost your job. You know, a lot of that has been happening. People have just been losing their jobs like water. Um, finding themselves being made redundant in the middle of a pandemic and having no protection at all. Um, I think people are realising that we're now one paycheck away from um, being homeless. Even if you go to work every day and you get a monthly salary, you know, you're not in a financially strong position. Um, so a lot of people are in quite a bad place, especially if you're self-employed, you're an entrepreneur, you're a social influencer, or you're a small business that's just started up and you, ha you haven't raised much capital, so you don't have that safety net of money screwed away. But the government are coming up with new um initiatives to support people every day but the bad news is and there was a hashtag going around about it last week 
is called not till June or beginning of June actually hashtag the beginning of June and they were saying they wouldn't be able to support these poor people until June so I don't know what they're gonna live on perhaps fresh air perhaps goodwill or they might end up looting for food and this will now probably then turn people into criminals because they're hungry they're cold they're desperate no money's coming through from the government even if it was a hardship loan that would probably take weeks, months, because the whole system is going to be backed up. Because they weren't um, thinking that 100,000 people in the UK would go and sign on for universal credit or for assistance um, for entrepreneurs and self-employed people. They weren't counting on that number. So the system itself can't actually cope with what's going on. So that's just like a snapshot and um, we've had quite a few fatalities um, this week alone. They said that the curb the other day, two two days ago, it just says, look, folks, um, the curb is flattening. Um, you know, the social isolating and distancing is, is kicking in. It's starting to work. You just need to stay in your house. You know, only go out when, when it's necessary. Key workers, you go to work and then come back home. Um, but the numbers are since increasing. So let me just give you a little snapshot of what's been going on. So I think since we last spoke, I'm not sure if I told you about um, Boris. Boris has been giving us daily updates about what's going on um, with the virus. You know, it's like a party political broadcast at the end of every night. And he's been telling us... Um, what he's doing in regards to sourcing the masks for the uh, NHS staff, you know, getting ventilators in, working on em- employment, telling us to wash our hands. He's not saying sing happy birthday in- anymore, that's gone, you know. But the greatest thing that he gave us was that he is now tested positive for the coronavirus, which we actually thought he might have had ages ago. Because he started to look very ropey. His hair's messy anyway. He always looks quite unkept. But now he's looking really ropey. So he's got a strain of the virus. And he can no longer go into Parliament. And then we hear that his two closest aides. Um, Dominic Cummins. And perhaps Matt Hancock, Health Secretary. Um, is... Um, also positive, possibly, for coronavirus, although they're not confirming, but they've gone into isolation as well. So the MPs in Parliament are dropping like flies. Well, more importantly, their leader is now infected with this thing. So he's had to go into quarantine, take a bit of rest, but he will still have to continue to work and deliver these messages because that's what he's promised us. There's no way he can go into quarantine right now. Uh, the job is too big. Time is of the essence. So... With him um, not permanently being around and doing meetings via Skype or other means, um, things are being delayed once again. So he got it. And then Prince Charles, I think I told you about him last time. Well, he is now out of quarantine. It feels like he wasn't in quarantine long enough. He wasn't out of quarantine long enough. Um, It feels a bit suspect. It's like, did you have the virus or didn't you? And have you been around the Queen? Has it been verified that you're clear? 
It feels like he was only in quarantine for seven days. And then we had Idris Elba. He is looking a lot better. He's, his actual wife was diagnosed with it as well. Sabrina. Um, but they're both doing much better. And they're coming out of quarantine as well. Although I have to say it feels as though it's aged Idris a little bit. You can see. Um, although he didn't have the full... Um, symptoms you know the the losing taste which you probably did have i don't know losing taste um headaches dry throat the dry cough the aches um i'm trying to think if there was any more there's there've been lots of little different symptoms coming out um and the stinging eyes was a new one um he just felt generally unwell but he's out of quarantine now and he's trying to get back home to England because I think he's actually in America but um people are getting upset because they're saying hey all these celebrities footballers politicians and rich people are coming out of the woodwork saying hey you know we have the virus and we've been tested for it and then next week you know you see them they look right as rain people are getting a bit suspicious wondering if these are plants you know, or if, or if they were just really sick or they just wanted the attention. Nobody can be certain because uh, people are thinking about false flags, you know. Um, are they being fed the right information or are we just being scared into submission? Who knows? Um, and people are getting upset that all these celebrities are being tested be before ordinary people, even the doctors that are working on the front line, the doctors, the nurses, the porters, the cleaners. You know, the paramedics, they're not being tested on the front line and all these celebrities can just get it because they've got the financial means to be tested at Harley Street or some of a high-class medical place where they can pay £375 or more. Um, So it's almost like it's the have and have-nots again. Um, So there is a divide. So this whole thing of... Hashtag we're all in it together. It's it's complete bollocks. We're not all in it together. There is a class divide. There is a, a financial divide. Yeah, um, people with money have access to health care, good health care. Yeah, money, money talks. So, what else is going on? The NHS staff workers representation matters, I've written here. Well, there was a video from... Gina Yashway, he was talking about the doctors and nurses not being adequately represented in the media, which I'm inclined to agree with, actually. There wasn't an accurate and fair representation of the diverse range of people from around the world that are fighting this thing, especially in the UK. Um, so we're only seeing Caucasian doctors, nurses, porters, carers um fighting this thing when we know that not to be true if you if you've been to the doctor or hospitals lately you would have seen black workers jamaicans asians grenadians guyane people from guyana people from pakistan people from iran people from italy you know all these different places africa you know, supporting this thing strong, you know, um, 
So there was a lot of anger about that, and some people said that um, black people or people of colour have picked their time and that we're always playing the race card, but I disagree. You know, represent, because this is part of um, history and we are part of this struggle and we deserve to be seen and heard. We, we don't know if we're going to be inspiring our young children to be doctors, nurses, surgeons, specialists, you know, neurologists, viralists, you know, epidemic scientists, pandemic scientists. We don't know. Um, so we need everybody to be seen and celebrated. And what else? Oh, my gosh. The drama with the masks is still rolling on. Yeah. The personal protection, sorry, personal protection equipment, PPE, as it's now known, um, for the doctors, nurses, cleaning staff, anybody working with vulnerable people. Those masks and those um, equipments, sanitizers, gloves, aprons and masks are not available to doctors and nurses. They are working with some pretty flimsy um, material to the point where they're just fed up of waiting. Every every week they've been promised this material. And now um, doctors and nurses have started um, their own campaigns online asking any businesses that have these kind of um, uh, materials to donate them to hospitals so they can try and fight against the virus and try and keep themselves coronavirus free so that they are not affected they are not infecting their families they are not infecting their patients that they're working with this is so sad that the government have not got this in hand doctors and nurses should not be thinking about having to source vital equipment that's going to keep them safe and the patients safe so you've got beauticians you've got uh, labs anywhere that has masks you know, um, might be painter and decorators, anywhere that deals with chemicals where they require masks, people are having to donate uh, to keep the doctors and nurses safe and alive. And I think that is just the saddest bloody thing I, I read this week. Um, it just really hurt me. Yeah, so Boris sold the masks on before the pan pandemic broke and that is why we don't have the adequate masks and protective equipment for... Our doctors, nurses and GPs and everybody that works in this field. You know, um, this is why old people are dying in care homes. Because they don't have adequate um, equipment to protect them. Yet they've called for thousands and thousands and thousands of volunteers. 20, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 volunteers to come and help in the NHS. How are they going to protect those people if they're not even protecting the people that are on the front line now? You know, um, that is an ongoing thing. Uh, and it's actually go global. It's not, it's not, it's not exclusive to the UK. It is also happening in um, America. And Trump turned around and, and accused the doctors and nurses of um, stealing the stock. Can you believe it? He says, you know... As far as I'm aware, you've got adequate um, 
stuck with these things. I think the doctors and nurses are hiding it. Or I think you guys are hoarding it. You're being selfish. So you don't need all these masks. And not just masks. Um, it's also the same argument with ventilators as well. He has the ventilators and doesn't want to release the ventilators to um, states that he feels have offended him. Such as Michigan. He says, you know, I don't talk to people who don't talk my language. So you won't get any equipment from me. But I'm sorry, but who are you spiting? You're spiting the people of Michigan or any other state that you're unhappy with. So really you're committing, you know, genocide, murder even. You know, um. so there's a lot of negligence that we're seeing highlighting itself um, around the world in terms of this PPE issue. You know, um, I can't even go and see my, my GP or go to my monthly hospital appointments because they haven't got the protection and I wouldn't want to put them at risk and put myself at risk and then put my partner at risk and it just goes on and on and on you know you're always going to be thinking I don't want to infect anybody but also I don't want to get infected yeah so it's getting quite um difficult to treat people because now um just this week actually um three doctors Three doctors passed away in the UK because they didn't have the the PPE equipment and they died and contracted uh, COVID-19. One was a retired doctor that had returned to fight the pandemic and he died um, yesterday, actually. And it was just really sad to hear that he was actually in retirement. So this is quite a serious thing in Italy. Um, up to sixty uh, health professionals, doctors, nurses, um, porters have died. Uh, treating the COVID nineteen, um, disease. So we know that this thing can take you out if breathed in, if taken in, or if you you weren't aware that you had underlying health conditions. So it's pretty serious. This mask thing, you know. Maybe we should be wearing. We should be all wearing masks as a matter of course. I know last week we actually drove halfway across London to go and pick up some masks from my sister-in-law. So this this thing's quite serious. I can't breathe in them, but I'd rather have just that layer of protection um, so I'm just not breathing things in. You know? Something. A barrier. Because that's really all the mask is. Because you're kind of breathing back in on yourself. And to kind of follow up with that, as a result of the doctors and nurses not getting the equipment, they've been they've taken to social media and they've been complaining about it to say, hey, you know what? It's dangerous work conditions in here. I don't feel safe. Look at this flimsy, flimsy, flimsy mask that you've got. It's, a, it's literally just a sheet of film. It's a sheet of film where air can come in at the sides and air can come in over the top. I'm supposed to have goggles on as well because it can get in through the eyes. And that's not happening. What's happening is that NHS managers are trying to silence um, staff now by kind of putting gagging orders on them or threatening to end their careers and sack them. Then how are they going to provide for their family? So they are working under duress, almost coercion, guilt. They've been bullied 
So I can imagine the mental health of these um these health professionals that are working on the front line. You know, it's it's not healthy for their system, for their mind, their mental health, considering the strain that they're under. There's gonna be a lot of post traumatic stress disorder um at the end of this and during it as well. So um I'm not sure how they're going to sort this out because we can't go out into streets and protest either. Otherwise, I think a lot of people would. Um, and this is, again, down to Boris. But the government is saying it's not down to them, it's down to the hospitals. Listen, the government gives the orders. You know, this is this is a, um, a serious thing. You can't waste time. There's no time for infighting. Everyone's got to work together. It's mandatory that they have that equipment to survive. If you've been exposed to that every day, wow. I can only imagine. I had a house fire, a mini, almost a mini house fire. I'm being dramatic. I was cooking some food the other day and I made the oil heat up too much. And I was trying to multitask and it just filled the house with smoke. You know what? I could hardly breathe. I was coughing. My partner was coughing. You know, they, they were very angry with me. And um, for one split second, I thought, oh, my God, this must be what it's like to work in the hospital around so many people that are sick with COVID because they're giving off these fumes. They're giving it off in the air. So that must be very thick in there. And it just hit me for that one second. And it, it took me... Over an hour to be able to breathe properly again. Because my lungs had started to burn me. And I was like, I thought I was going to collapse, to be honest. Um. So, yeah, note to self. Watch the oil, turn it down low. I was trying, I was trying to speed cook because I was a bit tired. Um. So these are the kind of things that are happening to me whilst I'm in isolation and quarantine. And I'm cooking a lot more. But, you know, some days you feel good, some days you don't. But I just kind of took my... I have the ball there, but yeah, just that realization that this is what it must feel like in those wards with the air not being clean, you know, and this is what it must be like for the patients that are struggling to breathe, and that's why they need the ventilators, which they're not getting um so this is a global a global problem, and the doctors and nurses are disappointed because they they've had many broken promises from uh Boris. And Matt Hancock, who said that the these these ventilators and the tests for the doctors were supposed to be in place. The doctors are not being tested. There's always an excuse as to why the test hasn't been issued or bought in yet. Um, and frankly, I think everybody's just fed up of listening to it. You know, you're just feeding us false hope. Maybe you want this herd immunity thing to go ahead. I think that's the talk now. So doctors are starting to die and then there was a very sad case where the youngest victim of um COVID-19 happened and it was a 13-year-old boy from Brixton um, who had a cardiac arrest but apparently his death was linked to COVID-19 and he passed away quite quickly. Um, so that was a very sad case. And the poor child had lost his dad um, recently to cancer. So that's a great loss for his family. There will be no post-mortem. 
um, says the family and they just want everybody to respect their privacy. They're not releasing a picture, which is understandable. The local lad. Um, also, they are building more makeshift morgues. Yes, you heard me. Morgues and field hospitals. They are building a, um, a field hospital at London's Excel. I think I told you about that last time where um, they normally have big arms fairs. I know, controversial, right? Arms fairs, fashion shows um, every year. But now it's turned into a field hospital to house the, the sick. Yeah, the sick people that have contracted or will be contracting COVID-19 because they're going to run out of space at the hospitals. This um, hospital is a 4,000 capacity. Um, so we'll be able to hold quite a lot of people. So they're expecting, you know, huge mortality rate, I think. Um, and in Birmingham, they have um, another mortuary and field hospital. They're kind of thinking about naming, people are petitioning for the hospital to be named, sorry guys, People are petitioning for the hospital to be named the Seacole, the Mary Seacole Hospital after the Jamaican nurse who nursed many soldiers uh, during the war. Um, let's see if that happens. But they are building mortuaries and morgues all over the UK in preparation for mass fatality. Um, and that's just something that we, we have to try and get our head around. And I suppose it's a forecast of... Um, them letting us know that, that they are expecting a, a large number of people to, to die from this virus, especially if we don't have the ventilators and masks and, and appropriate equipment um, to see us through because it may get to a point where we all um, need protective um, personal equipment, yeah? What did I read today? And in terms of testing, we're way behind. We've only tested 10,000 people, which is probably why our numbers are um, increasing. What I did see was a report about IKEA now offering their ginormous sites. So no, they're not going to be selling us furniture whilst we're um, um, on lockdown in our houses. No, they're not going to be doing that. They are using their big car parks and their vast areas to um offer testing drive through testing which i think is fantastic um they're doing their bit um the first people to get the testing will naturally be nhs staff and carers and, and health workers which i think is only right um but i've not heard much feedback on that with to date we've only tested ten thousand people which is absolutely pathetic actually they're saying by the Middle end of May, we should have tested 25,000 and that's still not enough. So I think our numbers are a lot higher than what they're telling us, which is probably why the the uh, the rushing of the, the, the buildings, the building of morgues is on, on speed. You know, they're rushing it through. They're speeding it up. Um they kind of the government are kind of giving themselves a pat on the back, um, for building this hospital within in less than a week with the help of the army. But they should have been doing that from time. It's only because Italy 
Italy or really China built the hospital within a week. And this was four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and they're only just doing that now. But they are going to need 17,000 staff to man these uh, hospital and morgues. Um, another thing, uh, funeral directors are struggling big time, big, big time. They're running out of space. So they're now looking at places that have ice. So such as skating rinks to house the dead and keep them on ice. Um, because funeral directors haven't been given any official guidelines or direction by uh, Boris Johnson and the government either. So they're in limbo as well. There's so many layers to this. I mean, wow, I, I just feel like my head's been blown off because I'm absorbing it all. Not getting depressed, just like, okay, this it is what it is, right? Just watching the developments and trying to make sense out of it. Not everybody's coping with it. Not everybody can take being exposed to it, which I found out this week from a couple of my uh, friends and colleagues. You know, some people are really struggling with this. Not just because of the isolation, <coughs> but the fear of what's going to happen next and uh, fear of not being able to see loved ones or worrying if they're going to get sick or... You know, pass it on, pass it on to their loved ones. You know, how would they cope if something happens? You know, um. You know what's going to be the options? Cause you can't see a doctor. They they don't want you to come to the doctor's surgery. They're sending you out texts saying, if you need us, just call us, but don't come to the surgery. Don't come to the hospital, cause you can't actually get in the hospital. That's how serious it is. Um. But in terms of numbers, what are the numbers? the numbers so today's numbers it said update on coronavirus so as of 9 o'clock on the 1st of April a total of 1,000 so as as of 9am, the 1st of April, a total of 152,979 people have been tested, of which 29,474 tested positive. So they're re reporting um, very different numbers here to what I said earlier. There's a lot of fake news going around, but you just don't know. But they're saying this is official. And as of 5 o'clock on the 31st of March... People that were hospitalised in the UK or who have tested positive for coronavirus are 2,352. I think it's gone up by over 200. So th th those 2,352 people have died, yeah? Uh, so the numbers are going up. I didn't think we were going to start to reach in the 2,000s yet. Um, and it seems to be doubling by f at least 300 every every day now whereas it was every other day before so i can't see how they're talking about the curve flattening i can't i can't see it at all um so somebody's telling us porkies here but we don't know the true number because not that many people have been tested so we know it's much higher than that we know it's escalated in other parts um of the world such as new york it's like wildfire it's thousands there and they're actually predicting um a hundred thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand deaths um 
possibly by June, so which is why they're building morgues and, and uh, preparing, which is what Trump said last night, but he also said something else really stupid. He says, you know, I don't know what the big fuss is about um these masks. You know, why don't you just wear a scarf? A scarf is just as good. And I just flabbergasted. So this is him in his Trump um conference, which lasted over three hours last night. I couldn't do the three hours, but it was comedy gold. Just wear a scarf, it'd be fine. You know, the only people that really need the masks is doctors and nurses, but really a scarf would survive would suffice. Everyone's got one of those. I was like, is this guy being serious? And he was like deadpan, it was no joke. And then he just started going and back. What a great job he's done, you know. Um so it's all it all leads back to him, so it was a bit of a wind up as well. Um, but he's suggesting a scarf. I don't suggest that he's not a medical expert. You know, if it was that simple, it's not somebody. Somebody hasn't done a fart. This is a infectious, contagious disease, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how America voted for him, but I'm really scared that they're gonna do it again. You know, um, I don't know what it's gonna take. They don't call him Teflon for no reason. You know. So they're saying anybody can spread it. It's 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 a contagious thing. It lives on things. So people have started now washing um their groceries, cleaning them down, disinfecting them because it can live on surfaces and infect you that way. Um people are not accepting parcels and stuff. You put it on the floor, you cut it out of the packet, you wash your hands, you throw away the the parcel, the cardboard and stuff. You know, it's Everything's becoming more laboured and more technical. You have to think a lot more about hygiene. It's not just about washing your hands. It's so much more than that now. You go to the supermarket, you're wheeling your trolley around. That's going to have germs on it. So you either wear gloves, then you got to throw away the gloves, and then you got to clean all the stuff down before you put it in the cupboard. You can't just drink, drink when I can. You know, people are going to be learning new habits um, to slow this thing down. To give them time to find this cure. Because that's what flattening the curb is about. It's not about anything else. You know. So you know what's interesting about this. Um, global pandemic. Is that. Our. Um, secretary. That's what I'll call her, Pretty Patel. She said that, um, you know, unskilled people were just exactly that. You know, they're, they're not very important in society. You know, what's important is skilled people. Yeah. And she was talking about wages and being able to live on 94, 97 pounds a week. And now, in the middle of this pandemic, the unskilled people have become the commodities, the heroes, the people that we're relying on to feed us, to keep our streets clean, our hospitals clean, to deliver us our grocery, to sell us our food, to help us in the shops, retail staff, cleaners, porters, carers, teachers, key workers, mainly women, by the way, as well. Nobody's actually made that link so that the, the 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 people on the front line are not unskilled you know they are a, a, a precious a precious
precious commodity that we've looked down on and rubbished, you know, with our snobbery and not valued them. But now, even security guards, very valuable because they're the ones keeping us safe. So let's talk bailouts. The latest person to ask for a bailout from the government, from the UK government, is Richard Branson, property tycoon. He owns an island in the Caribbean and Virgin Trains and also the TV provider Virgin and Virgin Atlantic. So you know he has a fleet of planes. Um, that does quite well normally, but it has hit the ground due to all planes being grounded to stop the spread of the coronavirus. So he now is asking for a government bailout and people are not happy because they're saying he's a he's a billionaire and he's not even paying his staff um, very well. He's asking them to take annual leave for three months. Um, and that's really not fair. What are they meant to live on? In that time so people are saying he doesn't deserve a rescue plan and that the government bailout is being abused by big owners business owners should i say so the word on the street is that we're heading towards a global recession and i think considering all the businesses that are closing down big and small even primark um not Marks and Spencers yet because they still have the food uh, chain. So many businesses are, are struggling um, to keep morale up. And nobody knows if they're getting these company bailouts from uh, the government and when they will be dispersed. Um, so we are definitely heading towards a, a global recession and it will be interesting to see um, if it's worse than the 2008 stock market um, crash, which affected us for years, I think we're still being affected by it. You know, what will business look like? What will the high streets look like? What will our consuming habits look like? Are we going to be going back to basics? But this time we've got technology. This time we're more advanced. But it's going to take a lot of time because the supermarkets are doing really well but also they're struggling to do, to deliver online um shopping orders i'm not sure why um because they've taken on thousands of new staff to stock the shelves stock the warehouses but they're struggling with delivery so people are struggling to acquire those much needed goods which could lead to a food shortage um if people's panic buying doesn't slow down especially with the numbers increasing every day. And this is a global thing, it's not just a UK thing. Um, so I kind of wonder who will be next to shut down because it's only food and medical supplies that are the main um, players in this thing, you know, because they're, they're necessities. So, okay, we've looked at some hard-hitting news. You know there's a problem with masks and things of this nature. And um, people are becoming increasingly impatient with Boris Johnson. Promising things and not delivering. But let's look at some of the... Probably the more light-hearted side of things. We've been blessed with some new phrases since this whole 
corona pandemic thing has happened and some of the new um phrases or acronyms then have been PPE which is personal protection equipment so that would be your masks your gloves your breathing apparatus your aprons anything to shield you from um potentially spreading or breathing in the virus which is what healthcare workers porters doctors nurses um GPs should be um using because they're in close contact with people yeah so that's PPE and then we've got phrases such as flatten the curve and we hear this constantly in in relation to flattening the curve and um social isolation then yeah staying at home making sure we're minimizing contact they're saying that this will slow down the virus so they're referring it to it as flatten the curve uh-huh then you've got stay at home save lives and that is kind of similar to flattening the curve you stay at home minimize contact quarantine you'll be good social isolation and self-quarantine i'll put them two together and that's self-explanatory if you if you're going out onto the street into the park into the supermarket be aware that you need to maintain your distance two meters three meters try and maintain that distance so that the virus doesn't spread because they're saying that it's airborne so socialization social isolation i don't know why i'm struggling with that word um is one of the big phrases social distancing similar thing what i just said and two meter rule is another phrase same thing maintain your distance another one which is a personal favorite of mine lockdown because it makes me think of skepta shut down but we're on lockdown and it's a global thing that means no going out when you don't need to you know stay off the streets um once you've done your exercise you're shopping we're on lockdown we're trying to contain this thing you know maybe skeptic might do a new one we're on lockdown everybody on lockdown yo you better lockdown everybody better know the lockdown I'm not going to be a rapper anytime soon. <laughs> Wash your hands is another phrase. Obviously, that relates to washing your hands, singing happy birthday for 20 minutes, according to Boris, having good hand hygiene because that's where the, the virus lives on our hands and we pass it to each other by shaking hands or touching money or touching surfaces, uh, surfaces or touching our face. Wash your hands, keep them clean yeah rona so rona is corona it's short for corona virus so that's become a new thing where they're shortening it to rona oh you got the rona oh it's rona's fault and they're actually saying that rona is a female they've given it the female um gender i don't know why because I, I wasn't aware that um Viruses had genders, but yeah, the calling Rona, saying it's Rona's fault, it's her fault, but everything is locked down. Corona pandemic, 
so that refers to the virus being global before it was an epidemic but now it's a pandemic epidemic is when it's just in a small area pandemic is when it spreads out globally and corona is a virus and there are many thousands of viruses yeah this is just one type that we're experiencing zoom zoom and house party are apps that are proving to be really popular not just amongst the business community um but also amongst us mere mortals who want to keep in contact want to see all our friends and family at the same time if we're doing business meetings you know we can all attend at the same time if things can get thrashed out you can change the backgrounds on it you know make it really fun um meet your friends for a game of cards or a drink or watch a movie together or do a podcast on it you know so it's it's all people have been using it to do um live dj sets or tell stories to to children around the world so we're really starting to utilize technology in a really cool way and house parties is, is quite similar you get your group of friends together and you chat and you laugh you might play music together or some people are using it for more sexy stuff, I've heard. And then you've got hand sanitizer, another key phrase. Of course, that refers to the famous shortage of hand sanitizer to get your hands clean or hand gel. Um, that shortage is still happening. 5G. And I say 5G like, yo, 5G. The 5G conspiracy. There is a conspiracy theory going round online. And I think it started with... Um, I don't know if it was Sierra. I'm not sure. Actually. Um, it might have been Sierra or another pop star with a, a similar sounding name. And... She came up with the theory that everyone's getting sick, not because of the virus, but 5G. 5G poles or masses are appearing everywhere and this has swept through the internet world, the world wide web, like a virus. People are now believing that people are getting sick and dying because of the radiation from 5G. They're saying that 5G sucks the air or sucks the oxygen out of the air and that's why people can't breathe i don't know how true that is but i know there is some um stuff around radiation and, and masses being built in built-up areas and people experiencing migraines headaches um loss of taste and things so there might be something in it but i think it's a separate thing to the corona covid19 virus another phrase which came from boris johnson at the start of this um pandemic was herd immunity when you think of herd immunity you think of a posse of goats running the streets wildly like what we saw in the week but no it's not goats what he is saying is that we should we should just allow the virus to spread through the community spread through the uk and it should raise our immune levels so then we become immune to the virus and then they look for the vaccine a bit like when kids get measles and people have 
measles parties just says i'll just come and get it and get it over and done with that was his initial um theory that he was going to exercise but then the numbers started to increase and he had to um go to lockdown go go to quarantine encourage us to not come out because the virus was spreading too quickly um and i think that phrase will haunt him forever because even president trump was talking about it um saying oh he did herd immunity how silly was that you know killing off his own people it's almost like genocide and that's the way i look at herd immunity you know it's almost like um you know why don't you just take we don't need to go to switzerland you're gonna give us herd immunity you're gonna encourage us to still go out and about and that was the problem with that phrase there was you know, it left a loophole or gaps for people to think that they could still go about their business and still go to concerts. They could still go to stereophonics concerts and things like that. Thousands of people got infected. Um, so herd immunity is, is a dangerous theory. Here is another one which is quite prominent. No pub, no rent. Hashtag no pub, no rent. And this is in relation to um, uh, pub owners or landladies and landmen then, um, who are being charged up to £8,000 a month for their rent, but they're not taking any money because all the pubs have been shut down because that is where people gather. And they're saying, you know, it, how can the breweries do this um, when we've got no customers? You know, we, we are not going to be here after this. And the government are not likely to bail them out either. Um so a lot of people are going to lose their livelihoods, but also British pubs may disappear and we may just be buying our alcohol in the supermarkets and off licenses in the future. Um, it's quite interesting um, list of words and I'll, I will keep on adding to it um, as I go along. Oh, and a classic one before I uh, finish that one off. N95, and that refers to the PPE equipment. They're saying that is the the Rolls Royce of masks to keep the virus at bay, but I'm not sure how true that is, but everybody is searching for N95 masks in the government, on the internet, and they're sold out. So guys, there's a segment from my last podcast which will probably become a regular feature where I have a couple of my friends call me up from around the world to share their stories or their thoughts with me whilst they're locked down in quarantine. So I'm just going to give you a little sample of some of our conversations because they're quite funny and quite informative. One will be fun, Keisha, and one will be fun, Kevin. Kevin and I have a love. We both have cats. So he's telling me about his cat. Um, And when he was reunited with him, when he went back to Italy. And just how he's kind of dealing with the situation, trying to keep upbeat. And Keisha is out there searching for food in the night. Um... Because food has become quite hard to get hold of. So she's having to do all kinds of things. So she just shared a couple of phone calls with me and some of her thoughts. I hope you enjoyed these segments. And of course, being Jamaicans, we have created our own Corona 
COVID, Rona, Song. So there's a little sample of that as well. It's not mine, but it's 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 quite cool as always. People get very creative creative at this time. Very, very creative at this time. So enjoy the segment, lock in. Corona Daya, church lockdown. Corona Daya, church non keep. Corona Daya, plain fear cheap. Yeah, that's how it was yesterday night. No one there. It was a f- like in the daytime, there was more people out. In the nighttime, there was hardly no one. It was mad. But um, I literally I didn't leave my house today. I'm going to leave tomorrow just to see what the roads are like. Um, if I get caught, <laughs> I'll say I'm going to Tesco. <laughs> Yeah, them things were gone by nine o'clock this morning. This morning at quarter to eight, I went to Lidl's big queue of people outside, big queue, drinking queue, um, waiting for them to open the doors. Everyone was stampeding. It was a madness. I've never seen anything like it. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. First of all, was that in England? That couldn't have been in England. Second of all, like what the hell was going on <laughs> like what the hell shut your mouth but um i don't think it will get that bad in england also like they needed to have let in a handful amount of people shut the doors let in a handful amount of people shut like who's trying to experience that that is a joke that is crazy as i said See, when I was, I just said to my son as well, I showed him the video, yeah? Because when I was buying up my shopping, buying up my shopping, like, two weeks ago, he was laughing at me. Oh, mum, mum, you're being a bit extreme. Mum, you don't need to do that. Oh, when I sending him out to go to Tesco, oh, you've already bought four of those. Why do you need more? I, I showed him the video. He just looked at me and said nothing. Yeah, I'm not surprised, to be honest. Um, when did I go last? I think I went Asda on... Yesterday, in fact, everything was gone, like nearly everything, pasta, toilet roll, shower gel, soap, hand soap, all of that, it was actually mad. I think people are thinking, shit, like, what happens if, um, what happens here is what, what happens if what happened in Italy happens here? So I think people are probably like, fuck, alright, cool, I need to stock up. It's mad though. Then I, was, then I was talking to Jamie and I says, how come you're not getting your nails done anymore? She's like, no man, I can't afford it. And then she said, um, last time she went to get her nails done, they've got like some, some nail solution that they use on the nails. I'm not really a nails person. As I can tell you how many times I've had my nails done in my life. But I mean, she was regular. Do you know what I mean? And she says, I've seen them pouring the solution from her nails, her dirty nails, because she says, I've got probably loads of bacteria onto my nails and stuff and then um, pouring the solution back into the bottle and then using it on the next client and I said fucking hell that's why I don't like them places you know I don't like them places right and then I said to her but on a serious note last time I went to go and get my nails done right um I went there and there was no staff there and I was thinking right what's going on I've seen a bag of people here last time and um there was like a um lesbian girl there and she was like Ah, oh, you two couple, blah, 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 and she got chatting to us. We said, where's the staff, man? And she said, between me and you, immigration came here this morning and everybody just had to just, you know, scatter. And I was like, rah. So, and I've been to a couple of other nail places in, in the past where um, 
it's not the same person again. They've been dipped, basically. They've dipped or they've had to just chip. And I says, a lot of them people that come on them little boats and stuff, they go into them nail salon, salons and I says, who is filling, the, filling up those nail salons every week with those fucking clothes that they're putting on their hands? Us black women, innit? We're in there getting our eyelashes done, getting our eyebrows tinted, nails done, threading, all of that shit. We're spending so much time in there. So not only are we spending money, but we're absorbing all the fumes from all those um, nail varnishes and all that kind of business. Um, but also, we're in very close contact with, with half of these people. So if anyone's going to get it and spread, and spread it, it's going to be us. Because we spend so much time in them nail salons. It's just, you know what? It's deep, you know, uh, Keisha. It's actually deep, this shit is. Trust me. I'd gone over to, um, I'd gone over to them raccoon place because I'm just, like, addicted to the, the baked potato now, cheese and beans. So I've gone over there, I'm stuffing my face, and I've gone, no, man, you're making us hungry, man. We need to go and get something to eat. And they was getting into an argument over what to eat. And Jonathan says, I want Chinese and Whole Foods, like, I want Chinese. And then he went, and then somebody says, somebody says you, want, you want Chinese? You sure you want Chinese? You know, you know when people are trying to be politically correct now because they've just, like, caught themselves and realised, fuck, you're in the middle of a corona virus. And Whole Foods gone, then again, I think I'll have something else. And then he's like, I've really got time to eat. Instead of just saying, I don't want to get the virus. And he's like... I fancy something else. Maybe I'll go for the Jamaican instead of the Chinese. And, and Jonathan's got mad now. And he goes, I really fancy Chinese, man. He goes, you're not going to get the disease, man. It's just noodles and a bit of meat. And, he, and they said, well, we might get more than what you bargained for. You know what I mean? And um, they end up not getting the Chinese. And Jonathan's the only one who came back with it. But he didn't even get time to heat it up because he had to go and see clients. And he came back and he was eating it cold. And um, Ginevra was saying, are you enjoying that Chinese? Because she was going to get Chinese and she's like, you know what? Nah, my, my immune system's low. So she go back with her pizza. It's just, I was sitting there crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first one to say that. Like, all my friends keep telling me to write. I'm just too lazy to write. I, I've actually thought about it, but my god it's so much work i'm a bit lazy and yes i saw thomas like he was so cute every single night when i went to bed he would come under the duvet right up to my face lie down and cuddle and sleep we were like two lovers oh my days yes he was sniffing me so much it was unbelievable the first day i got there i walked in and he was looking at me and he was looking at me and he just wouldn't let me touch him and then he started sniffing and started sniffing and then he just started jumping up at me it was so so funny well you've got to you have to stay upbeat now don't you because if not the situation will just eat you alive Corona daya, church lockdown Corona daya, church non keep Corona daya, plain fear cheap Right guys I hope you um, enjoyed the show I'll be doing a lot more podcasts Short or long, I don't know um, Just as things happen I will be uh, broadcasting, trying to get this stuff out to you. Um, so you've got something to listen to and amuse yourselves with. 
me myself I've, I'm still working I'm a key worker as I said um, keeping in touch with my, my folks as well and just really um, using the time to reflect I'm just looking at Junior Black the Cat he's getting used to quarantine he's just having his little morning nap so I'm getting a little break before I have to go, run off and go and play with him and try and keep him entertained but yeah it's been a pleasure and you know what to do keep yourself safe only go out when you need to stay in touch with each other as much as you you can ensure that you're looking after your mental health so sleep when you need to sleep get in touch with people if you need to we're in the Samaritans if things start to get really difficult or have a nominated friend that you can talk to if you are feeling a little bit low or feeling quite isolated um you know write stuff down do a journal do a diary look for things in the house that need to be done because there's always stuff to be done and normally we're working and we can't get them done do that workout exercise that you you you've been putting off do it just do it you'll feel great because when this is over we're back to real life and the stresses and strains but on that note it's been absolutely fantastic i've enjoyed being back take care and i'll see you soon bye for now Thank you for listening to Ampersand the Enigma podcast. To listen to more episodes on your favourite podcast platforms, tune in now on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast and Radio Republic. And you can also catch me on Apple Podcasts as well. So tune in, download the apps and enjoy. And remember to rate and subscribe to show your support and spread the word. Thank you so much from your host, Rainbow Black.